The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And today we are back for the last ever episode of season one of this podcast. And can I just say, what the hell? I am so like emotional and happy and proud and a little bit sad feeling all the feels about this because I didn't even know that this podcast would make it to the end of season one. I didn't even know kind of what the plan and vision was and I just feel so happy with like the community that we've created and so happy with yeah the support that I have received and Again, I just want to say thank you to you guys for coming back and listening. And I want to say thank you for your patience while I have been away. I hope that you've enjoyed all the pre-recorded episodes. I will give you a bit of an update at the end on when you can expect the podcast back and what the plan is for season two. But we are doing an AMA for this last episode. It was just easier for me to do this because I wanted to make sure that firstly, you still had episodes, but there were some deeper dive episodes that you wanted. And I just physically did not have the time to record those like bulky challenges chunky ones and I will come back for season two and absolutely do that for you guys but in the meantime we've got our short sharp juicy fun episodes and you guys know I love these these are my favorite to record and I thought it would be a really nice way to wrap up the show and wrap up the season and so we're going to dive into it You guys already know the drill. This podcast is not a replacement for professional mental health help and support. And if you do need that, please check the show notes. Before we get into question number one, I just wanted to say trigger warning because towards the end, we will speak a little bit about disordered eating or make reference to that. And so I will put some resources at the end of the question too. And so we're going to get into question number one, which is, do you have any advice on creating a healthy relationship with food? And I have gotten this question so many times. I've done a couple of episodes about like my own journey with food and the relationship that I had with it. And it's something that I have worked on for most of my, I'm going to say like mid to like late 20s. I definitely think it was a focus for me from about like 25, 26 up until I was maybe like 28-ish. And I even, even the way this question is worded, I don't think I have a healthy relationship with food. I like to say that I have a neutral relationship with food because for me, that's my goal. I want to be neutral to food. I want to not ever view food as healthy or unhealthy. And I never want to say that something I eat is healthy. I never want to say that something I eat is unhealthy. I just want to focus on like being balanced. In the past, I've obviously like tracked calories, done lots of diets, done different things with food. And I understand the nutritional value of food. And I know that there is food out there that is better for you nutritionally. And I also know there are some foods out there that are maybe better for the soul. And so I like to make sure I eat both. I generally try to follow the 80-20 rule where I eat like 80% of foods that are, you know, good and nutritious in the sense that they make me feel good. They give me energy. They don't interrupt my sleep. They don't interrupt my digestion. It goes down well. It you know, is all good. And then the other 20%, I like to have fun. You guys still know I enjoy treats here and there. I've been loving fairy bread as of late. Girl dinner. (laughs) I've also been loving McDonald's forever. Like I'm, I have no issues with going and getting a quarter pounder for dinner. Do you know what I mean? And I know that obviously 
with everything in moderation and balance, I, I feel like it's okay. And I think unless you have a deficiency or an allergy or you cannot eat something, I try not to cut anything out of my food groups or out of the food that I'm eating. And so the way that I got to this point, I will give you some like high level tips and tricks. But the first thing that really triggered all of this for me was shifting my focus. I used to focus heavily on what my body looked like. And I know that my body does meet the beauty standard and it always has, but I still had issues with my own self-image and my own body image. And so when I shifted it from what it looked like to what it could do, that was a huge turning point for me. And what really shifted that for me was my journey in the gym and by taking up the sport of powerlifting where I just focused on lifting the weights and getting stronger. And obviously the gym has also changed my body as well in a way that is aesthetic and in a way that also fits the beauty standard. But what it did for my mind was so much more and what it did for me on the inside was so much more. I also try to eat intuitively and I think Can I even say that? Because again, I've tracked macros in the past. I can look at a plate of food and I can calculate the macros in my head still, right? I don't use my fitness pal or anything like that anymore. And I, to be honest, it probably still triggers me a little bit. But by intuitively eating, I focus on eating when I'm hungry. I stop when I'm full. I pay attention to my body's hunger cues. Sometimes at breakfast, I'll give you another example. Recently, I've been loving protein pancakes and also crumpets, French toast crumpets. Some mornings, I just want one crumpet. Other mornings, I want two if I'm a bit more hungry. Sometimes I have one and a half. Like I'm not so stringent on it. If I'm hungry, I'll eat more. If I'm not hungry, I won't eat that much. And I really just try to do that because firstly, it makes me feel good. I don't want to feel like I'm starving. I don't like that feeling. I don't want to feel like I'm full either. And I think it's also stopped me from doing things like eating out of like emotion or eating when I was bored as well. And that just goes to listening to my body. And I think for a long time, I didn't listen to my body. I was, you know, doing dangerous things with it and that didn't really serve me. And so I really try to listen to it and I try to respect it now. And I try to eat things I know that are not going to like upset me or make me feel sick or foods that make me feel energized. Like I want to eat those foods. Like I'll pick appropriately. And I know even with experimenting with like different breakfasts and stuff as of late, like the breakfasts I'm eating now are probably a little bit more nutritionally better for me. Like I've got some protein in them. I've got some egg in there. And so that makes me feel a bit better. It helps keep me fuller as well. And my body's responding to it nicely. I also just want to nourish it too. Like I want to look after it, but I also know that sometimes I just want to like order the Maccas or have a piece of chocolate or have an ice cream or make a slice of fairy bread. And I can do that too. I also do not punish myself for eating anything. And I used to do this, but there's no need to like go and smash yourself at the gym or do another workout or you know, skip a meal because you ate too much for another meal. Like I don't punish my body like that. I would never treat my body like that anymore. And I just do that because I want to respect it. I want to look after it. I want to put it first. As for late the labeling of food and how I view food, I spoke about this at the start, but I don't see anything as good and bad. I'm just neutral to it. I release all of the attachments. And I know some people might argue like about unhealthy foods and things like that, but I don't want to hear it. Like life is short. I'm going to enjoy it while I'm here. And I just focus on moderation. And like, I look at everything as a whole. Like I look at the holistic week. If I've eaten balanced food for like 80, 85% of the time for the week, what's wrong with me having 
15% of like soul food, you know? And so I just think balance and moderation. They're my two key takeaways when it comes to what I'm putting in my mouth. And the other thing is that this or my process or the way that I've gotten to this point with food has just taken time and has just taken you know, years of like unlearning the bad shit I used to do to myself. And I think I get this comment a lot because I share snippets of my life because I vlog and people are interested in the foods I eat, but it's the reason I'll never do a what I eat in a day. And I still see those videos on my feed and I know that not all of them are harmful. I know it's not black and white, but I think the comparison is a dangerous game to play too. And so What I want to say is stay in your own lane, be patient with yourself. You don't have to copy someone else's diet because you think that if you copy that, then you're going to have the exact same outcome as them. And I think, you know, there are genetics that come into play. There are other health conditions that come into play. Everyone's journey is so personal. So being patient with yourself and really just focusing on your own journey is probably the best way to go about it. And then lastly, if you are struggling with your relationship with food, I would say get help and get support because I didn't and I probably needed to go to see my GP. I probably needed to go to see my psychologist when I was like doing all these like dangerous things to my body and dangerous things with food. And it just at that time was a very different time and era to live in. Now you have great access to information on the internet. Now you have great things like the Butterfly Foundation and their number is 1-800-334-673. You can also chat online or contact them through their email and the website for that is butterfly.org.au and they actually specialize in eating disorders. They have resources there to help you and I think it's a really good starting point and I'm always happy to shine a light on it in case anyone listening is struggling because at the end of the day, the relationship that you have with food, like you you need to eat to survive. Food is fuel and it shouldn't be a relationship that consumes you and consumes your whole life. You can find peace with it. I know that you can and it's okay to get that help to get you there. In fact, I would say it's much better to get that help because it's a heavy battle to fight by yourself. And I know it can often be filled with like shame and guilt and all these other heavy emotions. And so when you've got someone in your corner shining the light for you, leading the way, it can be a little bit easier. But good luck. I'm sending you so much love and I hope that you'll be okay. Okay, on to question number two. I'm going on a first date soon. Any advice on topics of conversation? And how exciting. I wanted to put this in because when I'm back from my holidays, I'm going to start dating again. I haven't been dating recently since the last situation that I was in just because I didn't have time it wasn't a priority but I love going on first dates I love going on the first dates more than I think I love going on like the second or the third date because I think that they're fun I think they're exciting I think it's a nice way to get to know somebody to have a good conversation with somebody and to figure out if you want to get to know this person again or spend more time with them down the track. I do know that they are very anxiety inducing, very exciting, but also scary all at the same time. I'm going to give you some tips and tricks of what I like to do to prepare myself for a first date. And maybe you can take some inspiration for your own. But the first thing I do is I try not to stalk who I'm going on the date with. And I know it can be hard if you've already exchanged Instagrams, or maybe you even know the person you're going on a date with, but I try not to like look at what they're doing recently. I try not to do that. And I even try to keep the conversation very 
almost like high level if we're chatting. Like obviously I'm getting to know them either on a dating app or whatever, but I would rather have the conversation, the bulk of it when I meet them for the first time so that there's something to talk about. I also like to try to organize a date pretty quickly. Like I don't want to be pen pals. So I try not to do that because I feel like the date then goes better as well. And the reason I love doing that is because it just gives you a chance to actually meet somebody. Like it gives you a chance to meet them. So allow yourself to have that opportunity. I also... Just try to view the date as a date in the sense that you're just getting to know someone. Sure, I'm hoping that they like me, but I'm actually trying to figure out if I like them. And I try to take that pressure off completely. And I think when I stopped putting so much pressure on first dates, I was able to enjoy them a little bit more too. And I try not to work myself into a panic either because instead of me thinking, oh, I hope they like me, I try to think like, do I like them? Like I need to like them. So I'm assessing myself to see if I actually like them rather than being so consumed by if they like me or not. And so I'm a huge fan of like once you're on the date, active listening. And I personally think that if you just actively listen on a date, the conversation could flow very naturally for the rest of the date. And active listening is basically when you are showing genuine interest in the person, genuine interest in what they're saying, and you're asking them questions based on what they just said. And it's not an interrogation, by the way, it's meant to flow both ways. So you can put input in and Sometimes it can be hard to do this if the other person is not giving you much and if the other person is not keeping the conversation flowing. But I do think in my particular previous lines of work, when I worked in like sales jobs and like face-to-face, like talking to customers, I had to be good at keeping the conversation flowing and I feel like I could literally talk to a brick wall. So I'm very good at active listening and keeping the convo going. I have the other problem actually where I have to make sure I'm not leading the conversation too much and I'm not talking over the other person or I'm not talking nonstop because that's almost my default. But if you are somebody who that doesn't come natural to, that's okay. You can be prepared in other ways. And so what I like to do is have some topics up my sleeve and these are the things that I'll like refer back to if the conversation is going dry or like we can't get a topic happening naturally, okay? The first thing is current events or pop culture, what's going on in the world today? Is there something that like made the news that you guys can chat about? Obviously, keep it like light. It doesn't have to like get super political and deep on the first date. No, but it's just a way to like have that light combo. I love talking about career and work. I love hearing about other people's career paths and their journeys. I love asking them if they enjoy their job, what they do, like love chatting about that. So that's always up there for me. Also love talking about travel and adventures because people are so happy to tell you their travels. People are so happy to talk about upcoming trips. I find that one goes down really well. Obviously, the other one's a little bit predictable, but what they do in their spare time, if they've got any hobbies or, you know, weird, not weird things, like different things that they like doing with their spare time. Maybe you want to bring up their family life, ask them about their siblings, ask about their parents, all that kind of surface level stuff, which could possibly lead into a deeper conversation if you are able to then have that flow happen. And I also love talking about pets because that means I can talk about my little Franklin, who I know by this point, I'm probably missing like crazy. And then lastly, I do like to talk and ask about any future goals that they have or anything that they're working towards because I really like that in somebody. So if they've got goals or they're working towards something, it makes me happy to like see that. And I'm always happy to like cheer for a stranger and get excited by that. And I usually find that when I do that and when I ask those questions, like they tend to ask them back to me. And so 
If you can't actively listen, lean on those, take some inspiration and good luck. I hope that you have the best first date and just know that it doesn't have to be like super deep and meaningful. It might go down that path, but like keep it light, keep it fun. And on to our last question, which is a little bit juicy. It is, I slept with my personal trainer and caught feelings. How can he still be my trainer? And then crying emojis. And I just want to hug this listener and say, don't cry because I know this situation can seem very difficult. And I know it is. I'm not even saying it can seem. I know it's very difficult, okay? And I know it might also seem overwhelming, but I have a few thoughts. And the first thing I want to say is don't beat yourself up. Please don't beat yourself up, okay? Yes, you made a decision. Maybe you're not happy with that decision now. I'm just judging by the crying emoji. But sometimes we make these decisions and then we have to just learn from them and know that maybe next time we would choose a different decision instead. And I say this as someone who spends an awful lot of time in the gym and has spent an awful lot of time in a lot of gyms. And in the past, I too slept with somebody from the gym, not my trainer, but just somebody at the gym. And it definitely made life a little bit awkward. And What it did for me was it just showed me that the gym is my safe place. It's my sanctuary. I want to go there and have a good time and I don't train at this gym anymore. But now I think to myself, I never, ever want to do that with anyone in the gym. Like I wouldn't want to meet my future partner in the gym either because the gym is just like my safe zone and my safety net. And I would hate to like go in there and feel uncomfortable because there's this guy I slept with. So I had to learn that lesson as well. And so I don't want you to beat yourself up for it. And so as for you, I think being the personal trainer is like a different level. It's just not somebody in the gym. It's the trainer who you probably were spending quite a bit of time with and maybe even seeing them on like a weekly basis, maybe multiple times a week or maybe like once or twice a week. And so I know that it can probably be a little bit hard to move forward. I actually feel like it's more inappropriate on your personal trainer's behalf because your personal trainer has a duty of care to you and if anything, the personal trainer should have known better. And so I have a little bit of like alarm bells there because I'm like, that probably shouldn't have happened. And I'm not saying that you don't have agency over your body. And I'm not saying that you're not a fully grown adult who can make your own decisions, but the, the trainer had duty of care and the trainer did not show that duty of care. And so I'm of the mindset that if you can't accept this or if your emotions are hurt or if it's too uncomfortable for you and you don't want them to be your trainer anymore, then don't let them be your trainer. And I also don't know if that's what you want because you said, how can he still be my trainer? And so you might want him to still be the trainer, but I don't know if that is the best thing. And so what I recommend you doing is weighing up how you feel at the moment, sit with it, give it some space. Maybe it's a journal, maybe it's talking to a friend, but reflect on your feelings, reflect on what's happened and see what it is that you really want to do moving forward. Because obviously, yes, you can definitely continue a professional relationship if you want to, but if it's going to be too much for you, you don't have to do that. You can actually change trainers. There's going to be different trainers out there. You can start again and still continue on your fitness journey. And so based on whatever outcome you want to have, I think you may have to have a conversation with the trainer because you might either have to like end the training setup that you've got together 
Or you maybe just want to say like, here are the boundaries. We need to keep this professional. We need to keep this respectful. Like, I don't want this to happen again. I don't want you to bring it up. I just want to move forward and see if you can. I also don't know if you have feelings for this person and like them, but that could also add another layer of complexity and just make it a little bit tricky to navigate as well. I do think though, if you want to continue for it to be professional and have those ground rules and you can put everything else aside, then by all means do that if that's what you want to do. But don't be afraid to explore possibly finding a new trainer because I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you view the gym, but I just think to myself, I would never want the gym or going to the gym to be impacted and me to feel uncomfortable or me to feel bad about it. And so there are great trainers out there who would look after your well-being. And so don't be shy or don't be worried to explore that. And then lastly, I want to say, don't beat yourself up. I know that it can be super overwhelming, but We make mistakes. We do things sometimes. It doesn't mean that we're bad people and it's going to be okay. I promise. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap the show here. I am also going to wrap the season here, which, oh my goodness, I can't believe we've made it. And I just want to say thank you. I think this episode might be like number 97. Crazy. We'll do something crazy for episode 100, I promise. But thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for supporting me. I have huge plans for this podcast in season two. We will be back in your ears over the next couple of weeks. I can't actually give you an exact date right now because I'm not leaving yet. I'm leaving tomorrow at the time of recording this. So I'm coming at you from the past, but I just need to figure out what date I'm coming back with what's going on with the podcast because editor Sam will be away for a little bit. And I also need to plan the content out for season two. I'm going to change a lot of the format and how the show is delivered, which I think will be amazing and better for you guys as listeners. And so please come and join the Facebook group because I will keep you up to date there, which is your safe space podcast community. Come and the Instagram page, Your Safe Space Pod. I hope I'm saying that right. I've recorded four episodes today, so I'm going a little bit loopy right now, but I will keep you up to date there and you can see when you can get the podcast back in your ears for season two. I love you guys. If you haven't, leave us a review, leave us a rating on Spotify and Apple, like the video on YouTube, leave me a comment on YouTube if you're one of the ones that watch us and please share on your story while you're listening. And then over the break, please go back and listen to some of your favorite Your Safe Space episodes as well, because that would help me too. But don't worry, I won't be gone for too long. I'll see you guys soon. I already miss you. I love you. And I can't wait to be back in your ears. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.